This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Isabel Hardman. So the second round of the Tory leadership campaign has now had its results coming out. And James, we've lost Suella Braverman, who didn't quite make the 30 mark. Tell us about the results. So Suella Braverman is out. Uh, and the big question now is where do her 27 votes go? And I think that Liz Truss and Kemi Badenoch will be the two campaigns that are most optimistic about picking up a large chunk of those votes. Liz Truss needs those votes because she is currently 19 votes behind Penny Morden. Truss is in third, Morden in second, Sunak is, is top of the poll still. And so if you look at who else is to go out with Tugendhat and Badenoch, the most likely final three at the moment is Truss, Morden, Sunak. Liz Truss needs to get a good chunk of the Braverman votes, the overwhelming majority, I would say, because she will be in a fierce competition for Tugendhat and Badenoch votes with the other candidates. And Isabel, Tom Tugendhat, I thought, actually didn't do as well as I thought he might have done. I mean, he, he scraped by with just a few votes on 32 votes. Tell us about that. Yes, and uh, he's actually lost five votes between um, the two ballots between the first one yesterday and today's voting rounds. And uh, he was insisting this morning when he had one of his press conferences that he was still very much in this contest. After this result, his campaign have have said that he's in it to win it. But I mean, it's unlikely. And really what we're going to see in the next few days is a contest for the votes from the Tugendhat campaign to, to the extent that he may have to pull out realising that, that they're all peeling off or get knocked out quite resoundingly at the next round anyway. And the most likely person to get those votes is Rishi Sunak, but Penny Mordaunt may also be able to to peel quite a few off. And you've actually seen some echoes of his campaign and her campaign, I think. So um, both of them talk a lot about public service. Uh, obviously, uh, Tom Tugendhat has actually been on the front line in uh, in the armed forces, whereas Penny Mordaunt uh, was uh, briefly defence secretary. But, but both of them have talked about public service, MPs being public servants, wanting to partly sort of appeal to the love of the armed forces in the Conservative Party, particularly at the moment, but also to flatter the egos of their MP colleagues and uh, sort of rebranding them or reminding them, I suppose, that they are public servants, which um, is probably something that quite a lot of us have forgotten recently. (laughs) James, is there going to be a funny dynamic over the next few days, given that there's not going to be another ballot until Monday uh, and there'll be two TV debates over the weekend where candidates like... Tom Tugendhat, for example, think that he, they, if he just sticks it out until Monday, he can show the public, he can show the Tory members his personality. So and there are two things to watch for this weekend. First of all, I don't think any candidate is going to drop out before Monday morning because um, if you know frontline politicians, they're not going to take the, they're not going to turn down the chance to appear in a, in a national TV <laughs> debate. So uh, I, I think we can rest assured that there'll be no, no movement before Monday morning but from anyone. I'm not saying anyone will drop out on Monday morning, but it's absolutely certain that he won't drop out before then. I think these TV debates are fascinating in that everyone needs to get something out of them, which, which will make them very interesting events. And I think the other thing to watch for is... What do the weekend papers bring? The trust campaign is going studs up on Penny Mordaunt, but with no and with no attempt to say fingerprints, 
free. So you had <laughs> Lord Frost go out today and, and monster Penny Morden and basically say that when she was his deputy during the Brexit negotiations, he had to ask Boris Johnson to move her from the job because she wasn't up to it. We can hear a little bit about what he says. She wasn't f- sort of fully accountable. She wasn't always visible. Sometimes I didn't even know where she, she was. And I'm afraid this became such a problem that after six months I had to ask the Prime Minister to move her on. Now, Lord Frost has not yet declared for any candidate. And so you could have thought that the camps would just say, oh, this is just an observation being made by someone who's... <laughs> but, but Simon Clark, one of um, Liz Truss's you know, most senior backers, you know, cabinet minister backing her, retweeted a journalist talking about this and basically saying that this is an important issue. And I think you see here that the Trust campaign are going to really go for Penny Morden. Now, Penny Morden has... I think outperformed expectations in this contest. She is perceived by many as being the candidate with the momentum. I think the real the real question, as one sage former Tory MP put it to me this morning, is you know how does the HMS Morden cope under fire? Because I think I think I think Team Trust are kind of loading up the cannon and getting ready to to shoot. Um, uh, you try and sink a ship with cannons, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, and, uh, almost a Tom Dugan level of military analogy there. So this weekend is a kind of crucial dynamic, both in terms of the debates, mm-hmm. who is going to come out of those on top. And those are going to be, people sometimes talk about the kind of Frank Luntz moment, that famous focus group that took place during the 2005 Tory leadership contest, which said that voters actually most preferred David Cameron. Mm. But I think scrambled perceptions of the race. I mean, there will be lots of polling, you know, all sorts of, you know, devices to try and see what the public make of the candidates in this in this debate. And I think that we can talk about the Tory party being ideological as much as we will. I still think that electability for both Tory MPs and members is a vital element of this contest. And if it comes out that someone looks the most electable, they'll get a big boost out of that. Well, Isabel, actually, on that point, something that we've heard over the last few days is Penny Morden's camp saying that she's likely to be the one that Labour fears the most. Where is she getting that from? I I couldn't quite understand (laughs) what that's based on. (laughs) I mean, it it is interesting if you look at the attack videos that Labour themselves have have put out. they, They don't seem, at the moment overly concerned about Penny Morden. Now, that might be because Labour aren't particularly agile still, that their campaign machine is is still really trying to get back up to, to up to speed after quite a few years of being quite dysfunctional. But, you know, we saw that attack video that was released earlier this week that really focused on Rishi Sunak and the sort of uh, they put their taxes up, but they don't pay theirs line, which isn't an attack on Mordaunt. And really within the Conservative Party, this has been discussed a lot on Coffee House. Penny Mordaunt's weakness is actually more about her, some would say, intransigence on cultural issues such as trans rights where uh, and again this is another line of attack from the trust camp where she appears to have been saying one thing when in government and now another thing to appeal to the conservative membership and james just going down from the bottom up as we have been doing from suella to tom and now i just want to talk to you about kevin badenock as well is there a moment where she's actually thinking well i'm actually the woman who should be uniting the right of the party not Liz trust and she's actually been doing quite well in these rounds of ballots so she's not going to give up anytime soon no and also why would she give up again before these tv TV debates she is a good debater her style naturally lends itself to that and i think you can expect her to make an impact there i think that kemi not did well today so she was 10 votes behind liz trust yesterday she is now and my maths is appalling 17 votes behind and i think she needed to 
keep the gap there or close it on Liz Truss. If she was going to turn around and say to Suella Braverman's 27 supporters, why don't you unite behind me rather than Liz Truss? I've got momentum. I was for Brexit in 2016 when Liz Truss was for Remain. Come on board. I think, so I think the big question now about this, this, this block of 27 votes is two things. Are members of the ERG, who are at the moment largely split between Truss and Braverman, are those who are for Braverman prepared to kind of swing in behind Truss despite the fact that she was a Remainer in 2016? And secondly, if they are, can the ERG whipping operation be as effective as it has been in the past in terms of moving that block of votes pretty much en masse to, to Truss? I mean, that, that is a that is a, a big question. I think Kemi Badenoch is that she's at... Every time she stays in the contest, her stature in the party mm. grows. But the question at this point in the race, as Tom Tugendhat found today, is the difficulty is that people begin to think, right, I, I, I've made my early round vote. I now want my vote to, to determine who is going to be in the final two. And Isabel, in yesterday's round of votes, I thought Rishi Sunak didn't perform nearly as well as people maybe expected. But this today, he seems to have got it back. Yesterday, people were expecting him to have 90 votes or so. Uh, he had under that. But today, he's got 101 votes. Is that enough to secure him a comfortable uh, road into the final two, even if the Tory right unite uh, around one person? No, it's it's not. He's still not performing in a in a comfortable way, and in a way, I suppose it's a surprise that he has uh, secured so much support so quickly, given how difficult things were for him just a few months ago over his family's tax arrangements. And a lot of MPs who I spoke to at the time said, oh, he's blown it. There's no way he's going to come anywhere near the leadership now. And uh, they were wrong. But perhaps he is suffering from the sort of tail end of that row, of those revelations still, because he hasn't yet secured the 120 votes that guarantee him a, a position in the final two, it may well be that he's able to hoover up most of um, Tom T's votes. But some of those people will be the people who actually thought he was, you know, hold below the waterline and and that that was it. And I, I'm not sure whether they are the people who are going to change their mind. I think there's also a uh, still quite a concerted Stop Rishi campaign. It's, it's probably not as ferocious as what's going on uh, within the right of the party, but you have seen quite hostile briefings coming out about who he was lending his votes to, about the dirty dossier that was being circulated clearly with the uh, the aim that it might be leaked at some point, even though the, the people who wrote it didn't want um, their fingerprints on it. And for quite a long time, there's been a lot of frustration amongst the, well, I suppose, the, the more right-wing Conservative MPs about Rishi Sunak's position on on tax cuts. And so as um, we get towards that final two, uh, there's going to be an an effort to make it as difficult as possible for him. Mm. Isabel and James, thanks very much. And on the upcoming Spectator TV, which will be live at 6pm on YouTube, free to watch, I speak to former Cabinet Minister Liam Fox about why he's backing Rishi Sunak. Thanks for listening. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.